1 Peter 5 verse 8 says this, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. I am your host, Brittany Semadeni, and on today's episode, we're going to take one of his lies and expose it for what it really is, unlocking the truth of what God's Word has to say about it. Are you ready? Let's get going. Welcome, friends. It's hard to believe that it's already February in 2023, but it is the month of love, and today I'm going to talk about just that. While I tackle this subject with the unmarried in mind, it applies to the married as well. Whether this serves as a refresher, or you're looking to recommit to your longtime spouse, or just wanting to encourage a friend that has fallen into the trap of a feelings-first, self-serving love. I intend for this to be a two-part series. I say intend because I want this podcast to be Holy Spirit-driven, steering each episode in whatever direction he sees fit. But if things go as planned, the one that you're listening to will address what love is not and how to identify a relationship headed for danger. The second podcast will further explain what real, sustaining love is the way God intended it and how you can see if your own relationship measures up. So this is an important topic for all of us, and a full topic. Let's dive in. When I think back on my school days, I recall that with each relationship, I was ready to sail ahead in hopes that my long-desired island of bliss would bring forth the stuff that Hallmark movies are made of. I had several what seemed like long-term boyfriends over time, leaving me to assume that we were in it for the long haul. Now that I've been married 12 years, I see that a year or two in the eyes of a young adult seems like a long time, but it's really just a drop in the bucket. And let's face it, weekend date nights and all-night phone conversations do not compare to doing everyday life with someone. When you live with someone, there's no hiding. With every relationship and with each birthday, I felt like maybe this is it. I was sure I was one step closer to having a satisfying mutual relationship, void of confusion and anxiety, and that I would really be seen, known, and valued by that one person that would invest in me and in us. But no matter how attractive, kind, talented, adventurous, fun, and even spiritual they were, with each relationship there was a nagging feeling inside of me that I was settling for less than what could be and should be. Not that I felt I was better then, for this certainly was not the case. In fact, perhaps I had even elevated them to a place on a pedestal, some of whom seemed to not have any problem with that. So I don't mean that I was settling for a lesser person, but maybe a lesser relationship. Like somewhere out there in the deep unknown, God had more for me, and if I wasn't careful, disciplined, and patient, I might enter into a lifetime of status quo and even heartache and disappointment instead of peace, stability, and contentment. In other words, I needed to hold to my priorities, values, and listen to the voice of God in my heart. It was important to me that divorce was not seen by my partner as an easy fix or an easy way out. Viewing marriage this way really impressed upon me the severity of the covenant of marriage. In every one of these relationships, there were strong feelings, good times, and freedom, something I wanted and enjoyed, but I still couldn't shake these thoughts that always resurfaced. Maybe you've experienced some of them too. I remember wondering, 
Hey, love of my life, don't you see how much joy this thing over here brings me? Don't you want to know who I am at my core? Am I worth the effort to you? Are you in it for the long haul? Do you think I'm emotional? Too clingy? Not assertive enough? Am I fun or cool enough? Why does it feel like I'm working so hard to earn your love? Why do I feel something's missing? Of course I never ask these questions out loud for fear of seeming unstable or uncertain. I didn't realize how hard I had been working to measure up, impress, and to prove what I had to offer. I was looking for someone to validate me and offer something better. Some people look to be filled, completed, and rescued. Things that should only be reserved for God. I followed my instinct, cut ties, and endured some painful breakups. I recalled to mind my prayers for a spouse that would put God first in his life. One that would spend his days worshiping God alongside me, not because of me, not because I had asked him to go to church and worship with me, but because God wanted him there, and he wanted to be obedient to God, and confident enough to lead our household. Someone that would openly commit to love me for better or worse. It seemed like a tall order, but truly, nothing is too big for God, and he did answer my prayer. I can't put into words the peace and gratitude I feel daily to be doing life with this type of person. But it's not a perfect relationship, and it certainly doesn't come naturally to this sinner. So let's go back to the road before this one. Have you ever been in a relationship that didn't feel quite right, but being single or not knowing the future seemed even worse? Perhaps you know someone who has been there, living in fear. It's not uncommon for some people to put on blinders and ignore the still small voice. But that still small voice is the voice of love. As a side note, when you're dating someone, you should not put on blinders when there are warnings. Don't keep pushing past the red flags. They start as casual warnings, but then they explode. I had to endure a few heart-wrenching breakups of what seemed like the rock-bottom caliber before I realized that people can't fill us, and that God alone is able to pick up the tiniest fragments of a broken heart and broken life and put them back together. And He wants to do that for us. But what I never expected was that when I recognized that he alone fully satisfies, not only did he bring healing and created in me a new heart better than before, he blessed me to understand that partners do not complete us. Because they simply can't. They can compliment us, though. And that's enough, because God will do the rest if our expectations are in him. Psalm 62 verse 5 says, My soul... Wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from Him. There are many things that mask themselves as love, but they're actually quite detrimental. A relationship with a crumbling foundation may look like any of the following scenarios. First, love is not a feeling. Bliss, excitement, freedom, and butterflies do not equate to love. Did you know you can have these things and not have love? Feelings can be a byproduct of love, but feelings do not produce the effort, commitment, and service to each other that the true definition of love requires. Have you ever watched or read a romance story and your heart skips for the couple? Ever wonder why we love those sappy movies, even though we know they're anything but realistic? Or do we? Somewhere in our heart of hearts, we think this is reality, just not ours but they can't be further from it 
Think about it. We're not even the subjects in the story, fictional at that, and yet our emotions go haywire. It doesn't take much for our hormones to get the signal and kick in either. But love, it is not. I might also add that all these things serve self, which is the opposite of biblical or genuine love. Feelings are strong and so deceiving, and are only a welcome byproduct when love is truly being shown and practiced. Love, which I'll define more in the next podcast, is continual action and commitment, and it's far superior to feelings. Love is a repetitive, selfless decision, the top tier, and the foundation for a satisfying and fulfilling relationship. Another pitfall is when a person is more in love with the idea of love. They're in love with an expectation or dream. This can happen when someone has a false sense of what love is. Remember, love is a commitment and action of repeatedly serving one another. Love is hard work, but a person in love with a dream or a vision has a glorified view of what day-to-day will be like. Unrealistic expectations are placed on the other person, and when a storm comes, or even when things become mundane as they will, the person who put love on a pedestal becomes unsatisfied and unfulfilled. Their partner will never measure up. And if you're guilty of this, don't marry a fantasy. Marry the real person. Real people have imperfections and weaknesses. Real people carry baggage. And how about this pitfall? The assumption that a partner can fill a void in life, or make up for some trauma or disappointment. When one enters a relationship feeling incomplete, it's vital they seek help to work through it on their own. It's important that when the time is right, that a partner becomes aware of significant past hurts and trauma, but the partner's there to be an encouragement, not a filler of holes. Only God can fulfill, and it's self-serving to expect another person to make your life better, make up for, and fill holes, empty space, or brokenness. We usually don't even realize we're doing this, but it isn't fair to the other person, and it's setting the relationship up for failure. Love should be motivated by care, concern, and commitment to the other person, not self-fulfillment. And I mentioned this before, but it bears repeating. A partner's purpose is not to complete you, but instead to complement you. You are already complete in Christ. Another very dangerous misconception is that by tying the knot, or even having children, that that will somehow improve things. If things are already a struggle, taking the next step will only compound the load you're carrying. It will not lighten it. You don't enter a relationship to end up on solid ground. You should begin there, establishing yourselves on a firm foundation. Sometimes, though, that foundation just isn't there, and it's not beneficial. Please don't force it. Another point that bears repeating, I would caution anyone that sees red flags to not ignore them. They're there for your benefit, to protect you. Has anyone that sailed past the red flags ended up better for it? Consider this snare as well. You might be serving that person in your life and putting forth all the effort, and it's still a crumbling relationship. At least, if love is the desire. It's not uncommon for someone who's putting forth the effort to willingly insert themselves into the other person's life, sacrificing their own values and interests, all the while making their partner's contributions mostly effortless. This happens when partners are not equally invested in the relationship. An investment that isn't mutual 
will usually burn one out while exalting or annoying the other. Most importantly, when God is not captaining the ship, you can miss out on peace along with so many other blessings. Couples already have so much to contend with. Add fighting for control of the ship or placing control in the hands of a self-serving sinner, and you can count on a rocky relationship at best. Are you noticing a common theme of self? When a person's focus is to get relief or be rescued, live happily ever after, or be filled, the whole relationship is on rocky ground. So if you're willing to seek his best and not settle, I believe you'll find unexpected blessings sprinkled into your marriage in addition to the strong foundation when faced with heavy storms. God has so much good for you in your obedience to Him. On a personal note, some things I chose not to settle on were my religious views. That includes my doctrinal beliefs, and I also chose a man who valued his family over his buddies and his friends. He's also a humble and confident leader, and these things have served our family very well over the years. When evaluating your own relationship, ask yourself if both you and your partner do whatever it takes, or does one give up easily when the job gets hard? Have you discussed your views on divorce? Do you or your partner see it as an easy way out, setting you up for little effort? Is convenience valued more than commitment? Do you or your partner show a deep and genuine interest in each other's past, present, and future? Are you or your partner in a healthy place on your own? Do you share the same top goals? Do you or your partner carry a lot of baggage you expect the other to unpack? Do you or your partner see each other as life partners, esteeming each other more than yourself and more than one's friends or buddies? Do you and your partner answer to someone higher than yourselves? Is God the head of your relationship? It takes three to experience the kind of love that God reveals to us in His Word. If you've not taken the oath of commitment to your partner, just know that even if you're on board, making difficult sacrifices and serving your partner, if their focus is self, it's not going to serve you well, literally, and that's a recipe for disaster. However, for those who have sealed their commitment before God, even if your spouse is not acknowledging God as the head of the relationship, God still leads spouses, and the Holy Spirit resides in all of His people's hearts. A relationship of commitment, sacrifice, and selfless dedication was designed by God, the very essence of God, and is not possible without Him. It's the only kind of love that takes self out of the equation and still serves us at our core. Love is not easy. Love is not a feeling, but it's often masked as such because of the butterflies and excitement and physical attraction we feel, as well as being comfortable. But these things come naturally and we equate natural to love. But love is anything but, at least while you're laying the foundation. After all, feelings are easy. You don't really have to do anything but be human. Feelings serve us. They don't serve another. Love serves the other. And it's hard. It involves constant sacrifices. It's often undeserving. And it places no expectations on another. It commits and protects. It doesn't protect from struggles or hardship, but it protects amidst the hardship. And there will always be difficulties. So if your relationship is worth investing in, and trust me, some are not, be wise here. Plant your roots deep in obedience to God, consistent service to one another, 
choosing over and over again to commit. Don't get me wrong, love done right is a beautiful thing, with lots of sunshine, but storms do come, sometimes overstaying their welcome, and it's wise to go into it prepared. Married or not, in an abusive and evil situation where one fears for safety and lacks any kind of stability, please, please do run, as safely as you can. However, in a marriage where you've already committed yourself to your spouse before God and others, and are maybe struggling, but are in an otherwise safe but difficult marriage, 1 Corinthians is your marriage manual. Love is patient, it always perseveres, and keeps no record of wrongs. Relationships are hard, and no one is exempt from the frustration and hardship of doing life together. But my prayer for you, and for all of us, is that we would be strengthened by strengthening each other, be seen as we see to the needs of our partner, and be content as we live in obedience to God. With service, humility, perseverance, and God as the foundation, couples will be strengthened and families will thrive. Author Paul David Tripp wonderfully says it like this, Love is willing self-sacrifice for the good of another that does not require reciprocation or that the person being loved is deserving. Are you giving all to have a Christ-centered relationship? If you haven't made that trek to the altar, make sure you choose someone that embodies an others-focused mindset and that's committed to working hard, persevering, and seeks God above all. And if you've been in partnership for a while now, recommit to emulate this love in your marriage, starting with you. Father God, thank you for your word that's filled with so much practical wisdom to help us navigate through life. And thank you for hard lessons learned. We pray for our relationships, that they would be fulfilling and love would overflow from them, strengthening and encouraging others around us, and that families across our country will be healed through living out true, genuine, others-focused love. That those who are broken and crushed in spirit may experience the deep, infallible love that comes only from you. We pray for a closer and deeper relationship and commitment to you, so that we truly understand what it means to be complete in you. Even when partners don't seem to give back in the way we give or put forth the effort, may we do what we know is right, and may you bless us in our efforts. Please also bless us with whatever it takes to rise above any selfish intentions and ambitions that seek to negatively influence our relationships. For those heading into marriage but are struggling to heed warning signs and red flags, we pray that you would open their heart to you and help them to see that they are worthy of the kind of relationship that fosters fulfillment and joy, that true love is worth waiting for, as we praise you and give you the glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. If this message has blessed you in any way, or if you know someone that could use the encouragement, please pass it along. And also, I would love it if you would leave me a review, let me know that you're listening, and give me some feedback. Through God's grace-filled word, we can tame the lion. You got this.